Broadcasting live from Buffalo State College, here is The Blitz on 91.3 FM. Welcome to The Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY. 91.3 FM WBNY is Buffalo's original alternative station since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. I am your host, Evan DePasquale. Um, Normally we do this on Mondays, but... um, we are not doing this. Uh, we are. This is like an emergency type of situation when it comes to what's been going on the past, like what twenty four, forty eight hours, thirty six hours. Sure. Yeah, forty eight oh, yeah, hours. NFL just exploded. <laughs> hey, Evan, real quick, can you turn my mic up so I can hear hear you a little more? Oh, like, like turn my mic up? Yeah, so I can hear you. I can't hear. Really? Okay. Um. Uh, can you hear me now? A little louder. Can you hear? Can you hear me now? A little more. Can you hear me now? Just a little more. Uh, is he trolling? <laughs> that's what I'm wondering. I like. All right, I'm good. <laughs> what a guy, Evan Harrington! Just round of applause. What a guy. We love him around here. Okay, so let's get into it. Um, what there were a lot of big moves that happened. There was the Packers re-signing. Aaron Rodgers, I'm not really surprised that it went down. I mean, I think it was the right move if you're the Packers because you don't want to lose that guy because eventually if you do lose him, then you're basically going into rebuilding mode again, um, which you something you probably haven't done since you have gotten Brett Favre because this is you had, you know, you had – Basically, you had Brett Favre for, what, over almost 20 years? 16. 16 years, thank you. And then you had, um, and then now you just transitioned to Aaron Rodgers and is are still really good. So to be able to re-sign him was the right idea for the Packers. And also having just, uh, I think it was the right move. Um now the question is, what do you do with Jordan Love? Could be used as a trade chip. I mean, obviously the Packers are in win-now mode, and you know I've seen reports that uh, Jordan Love might be you know, a hot commodity. You know, There's some desperate QB-needy teams out there, and they might be willing to take a flyer on, I believe, what I, is he, 22 or 23 years yeah. old now? So it could very well be a trade chip because the Packers are obviously in win-now mode. I got a mock trade that I just came up with off the spot. Ooh, let us hear it. Jordan Love to Seattle for DK Metcalf, and the Packers would probably have to send, I would think, a first or second round pick with. That That's really realistic because the Seattle Seahawks obviously just traded off Russell Wilson mm-hmm. to the Denver Broncos. Right. Who does the Seahawks have at quarterback? Drew Locke. I think teams would rather bet on Jordan Love more than Drew Locke. We've seen enough of Drew Locke compared to what we've seen of Jordan Love. We haven't really seen much of Jordan Love in an NFL game. I think we've only, he's only played one game in the league. So Seattle needs a quarterback. DK Metcalf probably internally with the organization is frustrated, plus he needs to get paid soon. It only makes sense to send DK Metcalf over to the Packers for Jordan Love. And I think it's a realistic trade. This isn't one of those mock trades where it's like, hmm, you know, do this, that, and third, try to get this player for this pick. 
I think this actually could happen. Or Tyler Lockett could be an interesting player in play as well. Here's my thing with that, and I was going to touch on this when we inevitably got to Russell Wilson to that trade, but if I'm Seattle, I don't really see much of a reason why you would want to trade like uh, DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett because you know, I would figure you'd want to have all those pieces around to evaluate your next quarterback and see if they're, you know, really starting quarterback material, whether it be Drew Locke or whether they go out and spend a draft pick on someone like Malik Willis, let's say. Maybe he falls them. I think they pick 22. So I would think you want to keep those pieces around just so you have a full array of weapons for your starting quarterback, whoever it's going to be, and you can properly evaluate if they're going to be, you know, if they're franchise quarterback material or not. Unless, So unless those guys specifically ask out, I, if I was Seattle, I would not go out of my way to trade, you know, Metcalf or Lockett. Yeah, I mean, Lockett's also 30, and he could be a player you could move, though. I, I, when I was hearing about the possible Lockett deal or or possible trade for Lockett, I, I like the idea. I just, I just don't think that it would be a smart move if you're the Bills to trade Tyler, trade for Tyler Lockett because Why? why? Um, I I think you can find a wide receiver that can do just what he does, maybe even better. But who, and who are you gonna find? Um, someone in the draft. That's that's what I was saying. Uh, I heard about McShay's three point uh, Um, I have not gotten a chance to um to look at it, but I heard that I heard on the radio this morning that whoever it was that the Bills were picking really really good um i'm gonna try and find it the bills are picking at 25 and i think if the right guy is there i would i would try and trade up for him uh he's got uh the bills taking jameson williams out of alabama yeah in his mock draft jameson and I, williams is and a- i would r- probably rather have someone who is younger and on a cheaper contract um, Bills are in win now mode now so that's the thing do you bank on a receiver in the late round of the first in a guy like Jamison Williams out of Alabama? Or do you re-solidify that slot position with a proven 1,000-yard receiver who's done it consistently three years in a row? Very reliable. Downfield threat, as always, Tyler Lockett is known to be. Can be a returner if needed to be. Again, he's a slot guy. Can play outside as well. Is experienced. Three 1,000-yard seasons in a row. And, you know, you might not be paying too much for him. Maybe the second-round pick. I, I mean, Tanner, second-round pick for Tyler Lockett? That doesn't sound too bad. No, not at all. I mean, I still have kind of the same uh, reservations as Evan number 2 over there, being, you know, 29 years of age, and he's set to make, you know, $15 million for the next, you know, two years in his age 32 and 33 seasons. So that would be the only reservations I have. But like you mentioned, Bills are in win-now mode. Tyler Lockett has been productive for many years now, and he's a downfield threat, which obviously we know Josh Allen and the Bills like to air the ball out. So, you know, it's a short-sighted win-now move, which is just might be the thing the Bills need. So a second-round pick for Tyler Lockett, I mean, odds are you're probably not going to pick a player with that pick that's going to be as good as Tyler Lockett, at least not right away. So I wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah, um, definitely. And what were your guys' thoughts on the Russell Wilson trade? 
Um, I guess I'll start out. So I think even as much as Denver gave up, I still think they won the trade, at least for now. Obviously, we'll have to see what the picks that Seattle got materialized into. But in the NFL, at the end of the day, you either have a franchise quarterback or you don't. And if you don't, it doesn't really matter what the what the supporting cast is like. So just for that reason alone, I like it for Denver. I mean, in look at the Von Miller trade. Go back to the Von Miller trade. They got a second-round pick. So they pretty much gave up two ones, one two, um, and then did they give up a fifth? I think. Uh, yeah, they gave up two firsts, right? Two seconds, right? But I that's why I brought up the Von Miller trade is because they got a second in return for him. So essentially, oh, they yeah. gave up one second round. Plus, pick. Von Miller might come back. So right. <laughs> so um, yeah. So yeah, again, like you mentioned, but essentially on the table, they gave up two firsts, two seconds. Shelby Harris, Noah Fant, um, that fifth. Andrew Locke. Right. So you and gave in up in return, they got a fourth and mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. Right. So you gave up two first, two second round picks technically, but more like one because of the Von Miller trade, a fifth, a thirty year old, I believe I know he's at least thirty plus. I don't know if he's thirty or thirty one, but a thirty plus year old defensive lineman who, you know, is a solid player. I think very good player. Shelby Harris is a very good interior lineman. Yeah, and I s and I saw him referred to as one of the leaders of the locker room for Denver. So you gave up him, a quarterback who we've seen a little bit of and has not looked promising so far, but I suppose the jury's still out on him, Drew Locke, and um, Noah Fant, who's in the last year of his contract. And He's a good former first-round pick. Yeah. Probably a borderline uh-huh. top-ten tight end. Probably yep. in the same range as Dawson Knox. That's mm-hmm. the type of player you're getting. Good player, but in the last year of his deal. So you gave up that for, you know, Russell Wilson, who by his standards kind of had a down year this year. What did he have, to like 26 touchdowns and five interceptions or something? That's still a good year, but I mean, he also didn't play many games. That's right. He yeah. missed about five or mm-hmm. six. So. so, and I mean, essentially, you gave up just that for Russell Wilson, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So I think Denver immediately... Just my immediate reaction won the trade because, like I said, you either have a franchise quarterback or you don't. And, you know, if you don't, then a lot of the surrounding pieces don't matter. We'll have to see what those picks materialize into for Seattle. But right now I'd like it for Denver because, you know, they got the, the best player in the deal and they didn't really give up too, too much given, you know, what what you would expect a top five quarterback in Russell Wilson to fetch. So I like it for Denver. Um. So my thoughts are just I I think that it really it worked I I don't I don't want to say that they overpaid for a what 32 year old Russell Wilson 33 I want to say um but I I think that it was I think that they were they were in a they're in a situation to where they can and possibly, I don't know. They're not a Super Bowl contender. I don't know. Russell mm-hmm. Wilson doesn't make them a Super Bowl contender. Why not? Why not? Because I feel like that even though they had, you know, a really good defense, I still think that there were probably many holes on offense. And well, also, they got a top running back in the league. They got an emerging receiver next to an already established star receiver in Cortland Sutton. You have Tim Patrick, who's probably one of the best third receivers in the league. And they're going to have K.J. Hamler coming back off a torn ACL. You have the emergence of Albert O, Albert. who's a very fast tight end, yep. frequently athletic, I mean, he's for 6'5", yes. being 6'5". Ran you a have four, one four, of the best the interior combine. lines in football, one of the best young interior offensive lines in football. You have one of the best left tackles in Garrett Bowles. Yeah, almost everything you want. 
You got a new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, everything you want. I mean, maybe beef up the offensive line a little bit. But, like, Russell Wilson's been playing with bad offensive lines his whole career. True. But in my, I, I just think that if the, the, this is where I'm coming at it with that, you know, you're going to be in the same division as Kansas City and as the Chargers. And I think that it makes a a, a case that they're going to beat up on each other for the division. I think that they are they're not the favorites to win the division because that's I think that's strictly Kansas City's crown right now. Um, but I wouldn't put the division title out of the question. I think that this opens up the door even more for the Bills, if you think about it, because now that that Denver is going to be um, a possible threat to Kansas City, then Patrick Mahomes is probably going to have to play a road playoff game, and I don't know. And we haven't seen him. All of his playoff games, aside from the Super Bowl, have been at home. All of his, you know, when he, his first season as a starter, he they were the number one seed, went to the AFC Championship game. The second time, they were the number two seed, but the number one seed got knocked out. So they had the divisional and AFC Championship game in their, um, in Arrowhead. And then they had, uh, obviously, this past year where they went to the AFC Championship game. All of those games were at home. This is the season where I think we finally see if Patrick Mahomes in a road playoff game because I think there are too many good teams in the AFC West to the point where it's going to be super hard to try in. This isn't going to be a walk for the Chiefs. I think that's what's going to happen, and I think Russell Wilson now becomes... I, I, I was talking with this earlier when uh, with you, Evan, when we were on uh, school yesterday when, when the trade happened. Um I don't know if it w- if it makes him the second best quarterback in the AFC West. Oh, he's the third best. Yeah, and and it's not like it's like obvious or something like that. It's it's like a pretty close battle, I guess you could say. Because obviously, Mahomes is number one, and then I would say Herbert two A, and then mm-hmm. and then two B with Russell Wilson. Yeah, and. You know, mentioning that, like, you got three or a four top 12 quarterbacks in that division. Mm-hmm. And there's a possible argument for Derek Carr being a, a top 10 I mean, he was, what, extent. second in the league in passing this year? Yeah. So, um, yeah, and like you're mentioning, like, it's not that there's so many good teams in this division. is that there's so many good teams led by great quarterbacks in this division. You got Patrick Mahomes, already a Hall of Fame resume to to some. I got, won't. I'm not ready to put him in Hall of Fame. No, I'm saying a hall, hall of Fame resume. He's got a Hall of Fame resume already. You got Russell Wilson, who's an established Hall of Fame player in this league. You got Justin Herbert, who's looking to do that the same in his early career. You got Derek Carr, who's an established, very good quarterback in this league. And then, man, I mean that division is just going to be cooking every game, every Sunday, realistically. And like you said, does it make the Bills' chances? easier to get to the Super Bowl I think it does to the point that you know all these teams are so close with one another that the Chiefs aren't going to run away in this division with 13 or 14 wins I think they're going to be down to 11 or 12 this if they is... win the division and the Bills if they play the way we think they will play they should come out in the AFC with 13 or 14 wins giving them the one seed and this and this comes back to even looking at with when the Patriots dominated the AFC East for 20 years, 
that's because they had a, such a weak division with a bunch of bad quarterbacks, and maybe there was once in a handful that, um, say, the Jets you know, or the Dolphins won you know, the AFC East. Obviously, the Bills never did it because they didn't win until prior to 2020. They hadn't won the division since 95. But um, you look at the divisions, like think about Baltimore and... Um, and then, and the uh, you know, think about the AFC North and the AFC West. Those are two divisions where there are extremely good quarterbacks, and I would not be surprised if either of those teams, maybe not so much the Raiders compared to everybody in the AFC West, just because if we're comparing the four quarterbacks to the to Mahomes, Herbert, and now Russell Wilson, he is on the bottom of it. And that's not to say that he's not a good quarterback, because he is. He obviously was number two in the league in passing and took the Raiders to the playoffs this year and almost won them the playoff game. But if you look at, in the AFC East, unless somehow there is a uh, big jump from Mac Jones or Jordan Love not Jordan Love, excuse me. Um, to uh, Zach Wilson. To, uh, to a Zach Wilson. I don't expect Zach Wilson because the, the Jets are just a I think Zach f- Wilson has the most potential out of those three quarterbacks. Yes. Generation. Zach th- Wilson played very, very careful football at the end of the year, mm-hmm. making some high-end throws. He, I think he was like top five in some like interception stat that was like not throwing interceptions. I forgot what the stat's called, but... I remember one throw he made against Buffalo that really impressed me. I think it was a fourth down. It was that long touchdown to Keelan Cole where uh, the Bills were playing cover one and like Jordan Poyer was the robber and he was coming down on that route because Cole was coming over the middle, but Wilson just zipped it in before Poyer had a chance to get there and then Keelan Cole, you know, took it to the house after that. So it's the type of throws like that that make me think that, you know, Zach Wilson will, you know, make that jump and once, you know, his brain catches up with his arm and he is able to read defenses better and just starts making better, you know, choices with the football, which he did towards the, the end of the season. Then like those throws that he's making against Tennessee where he's like and guys downfield and just hucking it and the throws on the run. He's got the arm talent, but you know, once the processing and the mental gets there as well, I think he is going to make life a little more difficult for the Bills and probably some of their other uh, AFC East counterparts. Yeah, and I and I think that if you look at it, even looking at the NFC, like there is how many like how many quarterbacks would you say are a top 10 quarterbacks? In that are in the NFC, uh, Rogers, Rogers, Stafford, mm-hmm. maybe St- Kyler Dak, right. four. Yeah, those are the top of my head. And Am I missing? Um, I mean, I would probably put. I probably wouldn't put Dak. I don't know if I would put Dak in as top ten. Well, if you're not putting Dak, you're putting Kirk Cousins. So pick one. Oh, I'm definitely not picking <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Well, then it's Dak. <laughs> Even I would eat. Uh, what? I just do the the hardest curveball question at Evan in his life. He's like, Dak, <laughs> Dak or Kirk Cousins? Who am I taking? I just I just don't think that Kirk Cousins is a real. Fr- he's not going to take you anywhere. He's not. He's he might get you some wins, but he's not going to take you to the Super Bowl. I mean, you had a really good team and a team that almost went to the Super Bowl when. Uh, Case Keenum was your quarterback, and then you bring in Kirk Cousins, who was definitely an upgrade to Case Keenum, then 
Um, they went what five hundred less or something like that. That team also year. got substantially worse, like built around Kirk Cousins, though. Yeah, like the defense got much worse. The head coach got much worse. The offensive line got much worse. The running backs kept getting injured. The tight end got much worse. The only thing that really was upgraded was the receivers. Can't throw the ball. Your receivers were getting pile drived every two seconds. Uh, not sitting here saying I'm a huge Kirk Cousins defender. But he gets a lot of slack that really isn't necessary. That makes any sense. Not saying he's a franchise quarterback. Not saying he's a guy who's going to win you a Super Bowl. Can he win you a Super Bowl? Probably. I don't think it's out of the possibility realms of possibility. But he's like a fringe top ten quarterback. And just because you're top ten, it's not like a a huge title. There's guys in the top ten that probably could be ranked thirteenth or fourteenth. There's guys that are probably eighth or ninth that could be ranked thirteenth or fourteenth, depending on preferences and just the way you want your list made. You know, 8-14 to is probably the same type of quarterback you're going to get. Kirk Cousins, good, not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Speaking of good, not great quarterbacks, I suppose that's a good segue into the Carson Wentz trade. <laughs> I I don't know the exact details of it, but I had a feeling it was coming. So because I think it's two-thirds, but one could convey into a second if Wentz plays 70% of the snaps. Yeah, and then the Colts sent Carson Wentz in a second mm, over right. to Washington. And like Tanner mentioned, it's kind of like the deal last year where right. Philly sent that, that second that could turn into a first if he played 70% of the snaps to Philly, and he did. So Philly ended up getting that first-round pick. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, you know, technically, yeah, it's two-thirds. That third can turn into a second if Wentz plays 70% of the snaps for Washington, which I would presume he does. I would I would think that he would play 70% of the snaps. Um, but, yeah, I mean, my opinion on the Carson Wentz trade— Again, I don't think Carson Wentz had a terrible statistical season last year. The thing with Carson Wentz is he has his highs and he has his lows. And when he has his highs, they're great. Mm-hmm. His highs are as, you know, as good as any quarterback in the league. To almost, an a, almost winning MVP if he almost, didn't get hurt. Yeah, almost right. to an extent. His highs are almost as best as any quarterback in the league to, mm-hmm. to a point. But his lows, I mean, his lows are really like rookie Josh Allen lows. Like, they, they, they go low. His lows are low. There's no, like, floor with Carson Wentz where you're getting a solid performance and you know that you can win with that solid performance. When he's bad, you're most likely losing. And again, I'm pretty sure he went through 27 touchdowns, 9 picks, did a little bit rushing the ball. Good quarterback for Indy, not great. I don't think he was the sole reason why they didn't make the playoffs. I thought he was a reason. I don't think he was the sole reason. I thought they're was a lot of things that went into them losing to the Jaguars as a full team instead of just Wentz himself. But again, the Colts want to move on from Carson Wentz, and it'll be interesting to see who they bring in. A bold prediction, they go after Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson has his court hearing this Friday. Yes, and and who are you saying this is going for? Like, who, who would get this quarterback? The Colts. Uh, oh, the Colts. I was even here... I don't think they're going to trade within the division. Do you think that the Texans want to play Deshaun Watson twice a year? No. I, I don't know, but again, I, it's... If they're going to trade, I, or if he's going to go somewhere, I've heard rumors that he's going to want to play in Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know if if that's true or not. Um, probably because of Mike Tomlin and the Bruni family and also... Um, um, Brian Flores is on that staff over there in Pittsburgh. I think that's probably a good 
a good idea for if he because he wanted to he wanted to go to Miami because he wanted to play with Brian Flores and he wanted to go to because De- and he also wanted to go to Denver because they thought Brian Flores was going to get the job in Denver. Um, obviously, he didn't get the job in Denver and he was fired in Miami. Um, I think that that that's where he probably wants to go because I think he likes a guy like Mike Tomlin and that comes into the play where we were I was taught mentioning earlier that brings in another quarterback into the AFC specifically a division that already has multiple good quarterbacks we talked about earlier the AFC West now Russell Wilson uh Patrick Mahomes Derek Carr and um uh, Justin Herbert. Those are obviously not in order. Just naming them off. Mm-hmm. And then now, if you get the AFC North, now if if Deshaun Watson decides to play in Pittsburgh, you got Lamar Jackson, you got um, Joe Burrow, you got Baker Mayfield, and now you got um, uh, Deshaun Watson. That's another basically. I mean, I think if we're looking at it from quarterback standpoints, the Browns and the Raiders are probably at the lower tier of their division because they have good quarterbacks, but they're not up to the level of Lamar, Burrow, um, Herbert, etc. Um, that have not that eventually, when their contract comes up, they'll get extended. If um, if they don't, then I will be absolutely shocked. I highly doubt that they're not going to re-sign both of those quarterbacks because they're they're your franchise quarterbacks. Why would mm-hmm. you just let them go after 4 years? But I I th- I think that it will if he if he does go to if um he's allowed to play um this season and he does go to Pittsburgh, that even opens the door up even more in my opinion for the Bills. Yeah. Um Oh, hold on, Evan uh, Harrington. I'll pass to you after this. I'll just give my two cents on Carson Wentz. My thing with Wentz is, I mean, he took the words right out of my mouth. He's day and night, like hot and cold. Like when he is great, he is great. But when he is bad, it is it is not pretty. And his box score didn't look all that bad for this year. 62.4% complete percentage, over 3,500 yards, 27 touchdowns, 7 picks. But for me, the thing is, if if he can't get the Colts into the playoffs, then I don't think... He's going to be able to do it with you know the Commanders either because I think the the Colts have a more talented roster than Washington does. That, I mean that division the, is a little more weaker, I would say. You think the the AFC? What are they? No, they're the and AFC it, South. So you think I don't that's think I don't I think Tennessee's I think Tennessee's a much better team than Dallas. I think the top two teams in that in the divisions for the for the South and uh, the NFC East. Uh, Dallas representing the top in the East, and even and Titans representing the top in the South. I think the Titans are a better team than the Cowboys. And even in the idea of the Eagles saying that they they could be a possible, um, you know, they can mess up what they're trying to do in Washington. You didn't give up your probably your best target in. Um, Oh, uh, Logan Thomas, you didn't give up, give him up. So you definitely have some weapons around for you. Oh, God, Their best target is Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I still think that they'll be. I think that they can contend for a playoff spot, maybe the division. But there's no way that Dallas is going six and zero again in the NFC East because I think that now you got like 
like you were saying, I agree with you, uh, Evan, that it is that he is a up and down, or as Nick Wright liked to put it, he was on this roller coaster of hot and cold. Um, I think that if I, I and I think he's he's surrounded with a good head coach. I I mean, he was surrounded by a good head coach as well in Indianapolis with Frank Reich. Um, but like I said, I, I'm. It's it's a hit or miss with Carson Wentz because he can be really good, um, and also he had the great he had a great running back in the backfield with Jonathan Taylor. Um, have and, another good running back in Antonio Gibson. I think Indy. You're not going to find a much better situation than Indy. Yeah. They have the NFL's leading rusher. They have solid receivers with like Michael Pittman and Zach Pascal and Paris Campbell. Even though he was kind of injured for a little bit of last year, <laughs> one of the better offensive lines in football. They had a great defense with you know DeForest Buckner up front and Darius Leonard, Kenny Moore, who's one of the best slot corners in football. So I don't think the situation gets any better in Washington. And if he can get the Colts into the playoffs, then I have a hard time believing he'll be able to do it with Washington and what I believe is a even in what I believe is a weaker division in the NFC least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that's I think what could really help out um what can really help them out uh trying I don't like they're a playoff contender. This put this makes them a playoff contender, but not like a maybe division contender at best, raises their winning. floor. I don't think he really raises their ceiling. Yeah, so I don't. I, I mean, we'll see how he does. I don't think that he, if if he has another bad season, I don't. I, he'll just end up becoming like a backup, a career backup quarterback. And yeah. I think that when it comes down to what he needed to do with Indianapolis, and he couldn't, was he needed to basically help them win a game and he couldn't do that in the last two games of the season and one of them was against Jacksonville which is had the number one is getting the number one pick and eventually we lost to Jacksonville too man well that's even more the Colts lost to Jacksonville is even more embarrassing than us because with us with us it might have cost us definitely more embarrassing we made the playoffs we actually made a run in the playoffs and it it might have cost we might have lost home field advantage because of that loss in the playoffs, but they lost out on the playoffs outright. In the last game of the year, that is definitely more embarrassing than you know a midseason loss, even though it did hurt us. But, I mean, like I said, it just cost us home field advantage. It cost them a playoff berth outright. So I would say that's definitely more embarrassing was their loss than ours, even though ours was surely embarrassing. I'm not trying to deny that. But but also, that was when Urban Meyer was their head coach, so that's okay. where I'm kind of getting at it with. But I, I get your point. I get your point. Um, it was a, both loss. You know, that loss was embarrassing, including the Colts loss. I was probably, I don't want to say just as embarrassing, but I, I don't know. We had some you know, we had some fumbles, but what are you going to do? Um, eight seven eight fifty one zero four is the number. Um, I want to take a just a quick time out, and then we'll come back and just finish up the show. I, I want to get into the habit of this. So Evan, we're going for four hours, man. <laughs> like if you're not, we're going for four hours. There's no stopping. I, you think I could be able to do that? I have. I've got some homework to do. That's due at midnight. So homework, homework. We homework. don't care about Dude. homework here. Oh, it's seven seven thirty three on my clock. So, <laughs> looks like we got four more hours. That's oh, what you man. think. <laughs> All right, eight seven eight fifty one zero four is the number to give us a call. Um, you're listening to the Blitz here on ninety one point three FM WBMY. 
We have breaking news on SportsCenter. We did this yesterday with Russell Wilson. We want to bring back senior NFL insider Adam Schefter. Adam, what just happened in the NFL? Matt, we have a trade, another trade in the NFL. The Indianapolis Colts have agreed to trade Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders. For what I'm told, I'm still awaiting the final compensation is a third-round pick in 2022, a third-round pick in 2023. I believe there's other some draft machinations here, but that's the basis of the deal. And I think most important to note here, Washington is taking on the full contract, the full $28 million due to Carson Wentz this year, including the $5 million roster bonus due next week, which moved up the time cycle on this particular trade to get it done right now. And it's going to be Commander Carson. That's how you can refer to him from now on, Matt. Commander Carson, as Carson Wentz will become the quarterback of the Washington Commanders. That is ESPN's Adam Schefter. He was on ESPN a few hours ago. Um, Obviously, he is probably the biggest person that you'd want in this situation if there's breaking news, something like this. Eight seven eight fifty one zero four is the number to give us a call. What are your thoughts on what has happened in the last few hours of what's been going on in the NFL with the Russ Wilson um, trade, the Carson Wentz trade? I think I think this is all going to turn out probably better for the Colts because they are now they. I mean, they're going to need a quarterback. I think that they can find one either in free agency. I think they might even go after Mitchell Trubisky. I think um, I think that's their biggest target. It would be a blockbuster trade, but I'm hearing reports that the Vikings might want to move on from Kirk Cousins, and it would make sense to send him cross conference to the NFC or uh, from the NFC to the AFC to the Colts, Hmm. so you don't have to you know play him in the conference and. You know, get rid of his contract because he is getting pay, paid a hefty amount. And again, they just want a fresh restart. It feels like Minnesota wants. Got a new head coach. You know, they got an emerging emerging receiver. They got some nice young pieces. You know, they still got Kellen Mond, young quarterback. that was a rookie last year. Try that out. And, obviously, oh, go ahead. And obviously, like, maybe there's a chance they could acquire Deshaun Watson. I don't know. Like, something could happen. Maybe there's a three-team trade in there. I don't know. Um, but something I wanted to, to touch up on uh, with Evan and Tanner here, I'm going to scroll through JPA Football's Instagram with all the free agency news that's happened in the last 24 hours, and I just want you guys to give me your quick, like, three-second thoughts, like mm-hmm. one word to describe it. Just like, wow, interesting, like, I don't like mm-hmm. that, like, something like that. You ready, Evan, Tanner? Let's yeah. go. All right. Buccaneers are franchise-tagging receiver Chris Godwin. Good. I I like it, you know. Right. That's you just need a quarterback now. I mean, mm-hmm. Rogers signing the four-year, two hundred million dollars contract, Green Bay. No brainer. Yeah. Now, now you just got to figure out where you want to send Jordan Love because you're definitely going to trade him. All right, Packers franchise tagging Devontae Adams. Also, no oh, brainer. I didn't. When it's, did that they're happen? They're expected to. It's going to happen most likely. Yeah. It's gonna be that's gonna be expected, and then maybe you can get him on a longer deal, probably next year or something like that. Once you figure out your cap situation, I think the biggest thing was to get the Rogers situation settled yep. and situated. Wilson going to Denver. Uh, we already went into detail on that. Like it for Denver. 
like it for Denver right now. Eventually down the road, I think that Seattle will. Um, I don't want to say come out victorious on it because you lost your franchise quarterback, but I think that this this is probably going to be a year where they're just going to be god awful. Maybe get the first overall pick or top five pick and get a good quarterback. Chargers signing Mike Williams to a three-year, $60 million contract. It's a like lot. that. It's a lot for Mike Williams. Not saying that Mike Williams doesn't deserve it, but you already have Keenan Allen, who is taking up a lot of your cap space. You better hope that you have enough room to be able to sign your quarterback. The no, they, no, they will. And the thing, I mean, they, I'm not saying they won't, but I'm just saying that that's a lot of money well, to well, by the time thrown out to your two wide receivers. By the time Justin Herbert's initial contract kicks in, this deal will be over with. Right, because by the fifth year option, that will be the final final year of this deal, and obviously you're not going to be paying Justin Herbert forty five million plus dollars in his normal contract until his sixth year in the league. Mm-hmm. So you'll have that custody of the fifth year. Right. Um. Josh Gordon resigned with the Chiefs. That's eh, kind of like meh, whatever. Josh Gordon's like a shell of himself, so that yep. doesn't really move the needle at all for me. I mean, yeah, he's he's. I don't know what to think of him, but I, I'm I'm happy for him. Be- I'm more so happy for him than I am for the Chiefs because I want to see him just on a, a team. And Evan's eating food right now, and it's making me hungry. I have not eaten since <laughs> like one o'clock this afternoon. What you heard in the mic? No, I I well no, I can't hear. I j- I just see you eating these fries and shout out Anchor Bar. All right, awesome. and and you're just making me hungry. Titans signed Harold Landry to a five-year, $87.5 million extension with $52.5 million guaranteed. Yeah, I think that's something that needed to happen for them. He's become a pretty darn good pass rusher, so anytime you can have a really darn good pass rusher, you want to keep him around. I'm not saying he's elite, but he's he's pretty darn good. Yeah, so. he notched over 12 sacks last year, had a good amount of quarterback pressures, right. and now you're going to have him and Bud Dupree lined up on the outside signed together for at least four years with the emergence of Jeffrey Simmons inside. The Titans have something good for go- something good going for them on the defensive line. Right. I like it. I, I think that, yeah, I just looked at his stats, um, and he, he had 12 sacks uh, last year compared to the year prior where he only had five and a half. So I think this is sort of a breakout year for him. Um, it's not too expensive for a five-year deal. I don't. I, I think that you can probably manage it pretty well. So I do like the I, I like the signing. Um, I'm not. De- I definitely think that it'll help. Just now, the Titans need to get a quarterback that I think is capable of them winning a Super Bowl. Which Tannehill, I don't really think he can do it. Seahawks releasing Wagner. That was. Uh... I don't know about that. I mean, Bills surprising. You better pick him up. I would be on board with that. Look, I like Tremaine Edmonds, but I think it's time to have that conversation where is he really the answer at middle linebacker? I'm not sold. Um, I mean, obviously, I like his phys- physical measurables. He's six foot five, you know, two hundred fifty pounds, but he can move like a running back. But I mean, he just does not make a lot of like those impact, like game changing type plays. Like he doesn't force fumbles, he doesn't get interceptions. I mean, he can go sideline to sideline, and he's a good tackler, but he just does not make like those splash big time plays that you would like to see out of your middle linebacker. Yeah, so let's just quickly transition out of all the free agency news and go to little Bills related things. There's been some interesting 
releases, some interesting trade rumors, just some interesting news in general with the Buffalo Bills that's been small, but it's been visually appealing to uh, the Bills Mafia, starting with A.J. Klein. That release saves $5.1 million Mm -hmm. in cap space, and already you release a guy in A.J. Klein who is the third linebacker on your team, the backup middle linebacker behind Jermaine Edmonds, a very good special teamer, but again, a backup linebacker. And again, I don't care how good you are as a backup linebacker. If you're making $5.1 million and you're against the cap like the Bills are, you need to be released. It, right. it just needs to happen. Mm-hmm. AJ Klein, I'm glad for the two years you were here. Mm-hmm. You played great. You are a good leader, good mentor to Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. But now it is your time you know, to move on and go to another team. Uh, you you are a good player. You will find another team sooner rather than later. So, you know, good for the Bills to clear up that cap space. And what are your, what are your guys' initial thoughts on the release of A.J. Klein? I think that's a no-brainer that needed to happen. I mean, for a guy that's, you know, not even a starter, really. I mean, he started four games this past season. He started 11 the year before that. So 15 games in the past two years for a guy that's a, a fringe starter. I mean, it's good quality depth, but you took the words right out of my mouth. When you're, you know, hard up against the cap, you need to, every little dollar available. And for a guy that's a fringe starter making $5 million, that's a no-brainer to get rid of. I, I I like the release. When I found out about it, I was like, okay, that that's a good that's a good idea because I think he was getting paid starter money, but he was playing as a backup, and I just felt like that it was it was time for him to go. And not that he was like not that he was like bad or anything. Like when he played, he was he was solid, you know. Um, but I I think that what what the Bills are looking for. They they mostly run a nickel technique where they have Taron Johnson in there in replacement of AJ Klein. Right. So I do I just think that it was the right move. And also because the Bills are kind of in a salary a, a situation to where they're trying to cut people in the salary cap, I think it just needs to happen. So and it obviously did. And, you know, I I, I I thought I thought it was a good move by the Bills. Yeah, and obviously, recently the news that came out, the release of I, I would say a fan favorite in in the Bills community. Uh, yeah. yeah, I would. I would John put Feliciano. Him. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you guys thoughts on the release of John Feliciano? Uh, it sad, but. I had a feeling, especially towards the end of the season, that it was going to happen because of the emergence of Ike Butker and Ryan Bates. Right, that that's who was uh, took over at left tackle after Butker went down. Um, right. Bates at, at left guard, right? Oh, excuse me, yeah, left guard and um, uh, um, Quinn, um I don't want to, but anyways, yeah, he was at left guard. Definitely a fan favorite. I think just like based off of his personality and like some of the things that he did, like, um, you know, when like he really was a big help in Josh's development when he in his second year and also even the whole Rockabye Beasley thing. That was like one thing (laughs) that I, I like that was like the first thing that popped into my head when I found out like when I think of John Feliciano, I think of guy that would you would probably like if if you were to go out and have a beer with like anybody and know that you're gonna have like a really awesome time i mean you could probably do that with any of them 
But John Feliciano is one of those guys that looks like he was like one of those party dudes that like <laughs> looked like you you would have a lot of fun with him. Um, what I what I'll say about it is again, I think I would agree with the fan favorite sentiment. I always when I think of Feliciano, I think of him. He was kind of like you can't, you don't really see this anymore, but I kind of looked at him as like the enforcer, I guess, of the Bills team. Just like kind of a gritty, tough guy. And if, you know, someone from the opposing team was ever to like rough Josh up, he'd be one of the first guys over there in your face. Like, that's my quarterback. So I mean, yeah, I, I th- we got Spencer I, Brown for that now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- yeah. I mean, I think he was when, if we're talking like the, the, the AFC championship game when like Josh kind of like, you know, friendly, like tossed the ball and he, and I, I don't, was that, that wasn't Chris Jones, was it? Um, no, I think it was like Alex Okafor or something. Yeah, it was so one of their. It, it was tackles. it was someone, and he got like annoyed by it. And John Feliciano was the first guy in and just rocked him. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I think of. I I, I like that comparison, right. but I do think that's... that Spencer Brown could be the next like guy that's going to be the enforcer slash protector of Josh Allen. It's a similar situation to, like, A.J. Klein. Like, Feliciano kind of, you know, fell out of the rotation. I mean, he's moved around a little bit on the offensive line. He's played left guard. He's played right guard. He's even played as much as center. But the the offensive line combination that we had to end last year was fantastic with Dawkins, Bates, Morse, Williams, Brown. And so, you know, at that point, uh, John Feliciano, again, he becomes quality depth, but, you know, kind of also surplus requirement when you look at it, given that the Bills are up against the salary cap, so just not really necessary. And uh, the Bills wanted to keep him around; they wanted it, wanted him to take a pay cut, which he refused. So ultimately, that's what ended up uh, resulting in the release. But what that saves us like three million cap space. So yeah. for a guy that's a fringe starter, again, you know, you got to we're penny pinching out here. So kind of just made sense to cut ties at that point. Yeah, and with the release of John Feliciano, um, on, I'm on spot track right now. It's saying our estimated cap space. All is two point five million, and I know Brandon Bean in his press conference just a little bit ago did mention we're about a little over six million in cap space. But again, this might not have everything updated. Brandon Bean might have you know a few things in his mind that he wants to do, but he just hasn't addressed it publicly yet. Right. So again, we're probably looking in the range of two to seven million right now, just in general for this for our cap space. But we definitely will. We definitely will move up to the 25-plus cap space uh, just by restructuring contracts Mm -hmm. uh, for sure. So definitely when all that stuff's kicked up, we'll have about $25 in cap space before the actual initial free agency hits. And I want to get your guys' thoughts on another Bills-related topic. Mm -hmm. I think I know where you're going with this one. The thought of... Tremaine Edmonds oh. being traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's reports that the Bills want to move on from Tremaine Edmonds, and one of the t- the key teams that could be in on a trade like this would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who would you trade him for? I mean, I would assume you're going to go a defensive, a defensive type of player. Obviously, you're not going to get T.J. Watt because that would be, I mean, ridiculous. T.J. Watt is good. But his contract would just be you would just you'd be better off of just. No, I I still think you'd want to take on T.J. Watt's contract. It's I mean, T.J. Watt, you don't I care mean, about his contract when you have T.J. Watt. That's true, but I, I I think that it's just like it's just like the contract's just a little bit too much for. I I think that I think that they would be over the cap by a lot, but um, 
who would you have in mind for him? Would you like? I mean, probably be a pick. Would be my guess. I don't know if he's got enough value or, to squeeze or, a player out of Chase Claypool. Maybe, maybe you package. Maybe we would get a pick in James Washington. And you're th- and th- and this is assuming that the Bills signed Bobby Wagner. Sure, let's hypothetically say that. So I I would say that if you're going to trade Tremaine, if you're going to sign Bobby Wagner, you're going to eventually trade Tremaine Edmonds. Um, I I'm not a, I wouldn't be a fan of that. Uh, I just I think I'm not off. I'm not ready to jump off the Tremaine Edmonds train, and I think that I think that he's still good enough to the. I think he's good to the point where I think after next year he'll get a contract. Um, I, I, I still think that he's probably one of the best linebackers in the league. He went to two pro bowls, so obviously he's doing something right. Um, but one player that I wanted to mention about, um, I don't know how long you guys want to go for, um, we can hey, go. you heard him four hours, four hours. I <laughs> drink of champions. No, he's anchor bar still open for oh, eight yeah. minutes oven. Well, I can't run to Anchor Bar. I, I don't know how much you guys know on the board, so that's the problem. Is Anchor Bar? You don't run Anchor Bar. Anchor Bar comes to you. <laughs> um, but what I'm saying is, um, what are your thoughts on possibility of maybe signing Shaq Lawson to like a like a veteran minimum contract? Well, he made it known that he wanted to come back, and yeah, he like he posted uh, a, a he posted a gif of um, him when he was with the Bills, and then Jordan Poyer had the eyes emoji, and Shaq Lawson replied to him saying, "I'm trying to come back home. I miss y'all, boys. It's been a long two years." Yeah. So I think that he would if if he wants to come back. I think that I, I mean he's it's not like he was a bad player when he was here. He was still a, he was a solid guy. Was able to rush the passer. Um, you know, he was part of that. You know, the defense that was like top five in the league in 2019. Um, I think he had that six sacks too. Yeah, you know, he and he's like he. I, I think that he it would be a a good rotation to the defense. He's not going to be a starter, but I think that he would be a good rotation for. Um, and a, a possible good veteran for um, Epinesa and um, Rousseau and Basham. So, now here's the thing. Let's just go down our defensive end depth really quick. And let's just compare them to Shaq Lawson. And let's just say whether you would play Lawson over them or not. Greg Rousseau. Um, I think I'd go Rousseau over okay. him. Epinesa. I'd go I'd take Lawson. Take Lawson over Epinesa, okay. Mm-hmm. F.A. Obata. Lawson. I'm taking F.A. Obata. Really? Yeah, okay. Obata brings so much more to the table than mm-hmm. Lawson does. Obata brings length, size, power. I'd, I'd rather have that than Lawson. Um, if we re-sign Jerry Hughes. Mm, I'd take Lawson, or I mean uh, Hughes, because I think he's a better, I think Lawson's more of a run defender than a pass rusher, so I'd take Hughes just because I think he's a better pass rusher than Mario Lawson. Addison. I would take Lawson over Mario Addison. I don't know, man. I would take Mario Addison. Addison's probably been our second or third best defensive end over the last two years. Um, Boogie Basham, Lawson. Like in uh, my opinion, in my opinion, you can't you can't play Lawson over Basham or Epinesa. 
Because it's like, why draft them? Why draft them? Then? Like, you need to play these young players. Let them develop. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that, but I'm, I'm, the way I'm looking at it is just off a talent perspective. Like, where they are right now, what they've shown, who would I take? So I agree with getting, you know, the young players reps. So, like, I'd like to see Epineza and Rousseau and Boogie Basham get the lion's share of the snaps on the D-line. But if we were just, right now, based on what they've all done in their careers, who would I pick? That's what I'm basing my decision on. Long term, obviously, I think it would be the wise choice to play the younger guys. Yeah, and then you got Brian Cox Jr., Lawson. Lawson. <laughs> Sorry, Brian Cox. Uh you're not you're not getting it over uh anyone else. Um yeah, for sure. I mean I think it'd be an interesting signing. Uh, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't like be ecstatic. I'd just be like, okay. You know, it's one of those players that cool. is coming back. Welcome back, Shaq. Um <laughs> you know, good player when he was here. Not great, just good. Did his job, uh, earned himself a contract with Miami, three years thirty million. Um you know, just a good player. Like again, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna downplay it. I'm not gonna be over ecstatic about it. If he does come back, he comes back. Um, I'm sure he would make this 53 man roster. Wouldn't be surprised if he was cut though. Uh, but wouldn't hate it though, because I mean, I, I do expect the Bills to bring in more defensive line uh, depth as well. I mean, what are you going to do with Hughes and Addison? They're both free agents. You bring both of them back or let one of them go, let both go. That's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, I would assume let them go because you have the young bulls there that are ready to take over. But Evan uh, Evan D., you were getting ready to hop in there. What were you going to say on that? If you're going to re-sign any of those two, Addison or Hughes, I think you keep Hughes there because he is – he's – He's a good pass rusher. You can you've seen that he can still rush the passer, um, and he also is a. I think Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean like him because he's he's been with the the program for he's the longest ten year build. So I think that that's someone that you can really look towards um, as a possible you know player. To keep, if you're going to keep one of them, I think you need to keep Jerry Hughes. If we're going to talk about, hey, we need to keep someone, you're keeping Jerry Hughes. All right, so this show's about to wrap up in a few. Score prediction for the Sabres, Vegas versus, or Eichel's return tomorrow. Eichel versus Buffalo. Tanner, you got to jump in on this. <laughs> you go first, Tanner. Uh... Eichel's score prediction and then Sabres, like the game prediction. I'll just go with the game prediction because I don't know about the uh, if I can do the former if I know enough hockey to comment on the former, but the latter. Let's go like uh, seven to like two for the other team for Eichel's team, not the Sabers. Oh, whoa! Not like obviously you don't watch hockey, so that's, I'm trying to change that. But for the moment, yes, that's cool. Um, I think that I think Vegas will win. Um, because they're just a better team unless there is a really, I, I, I just, I think that what will happen, it'll probably be a, I will say a 4-2 win by, um, by Vegas. And I would say that, hmm, I'd say Eichel will have, a a goal and an assist in the game. All right, in my opinion, I think Vegas is absolutely going to come out and spank the Sabres, and I say that as a diehard Sabres fan. I The way we're playing, the way the Sabres have been playing, 
has been dreadful and utterly terrible the last three games. There is no reason to me that the Sabres are going to break their losing drought against a team like Vegas when you got a guy like Jack Eichel returning, when he's playing with the biggest chip on his shoulder he's ever played with in his life. Did you hear that? He's like like said the return has been awkward. Well, yeah, I mean, sure. It's like returning to an ex. (laughs) (laughs) It's like returning to an ex. Like, it's just something that you didn't plan on to happen, and it's happening. Like, Eichel just got traded like five months ago. You didn't expect to come back that early. And my score prediction for the game, for Jack Eichel, Jack Eichel's going to get a hat trick and two assists. I really think he's going to pop off. He's going to get five points, three goals, and two assists. Vegas is going to win six to three. And Jack Eichel's going to account for five of the six goals. And I know it's it's crazy. It's a high scoring game for hockey. I know that most hockey games probably only end to three to two. But again, just with everything going and the way Jack Eichel has been carrying his presence, uh, you know, on the mic and on the ice, I I just cannot see this guy not leaving Keybank Center tomorrow night without a five plus point night. Yeah. Well, I I think that he'll have maybe a point or two, but. That's going to do it for this episode of The Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY. Um, We'll be back on Monday, and we're thinking even of going into a uh, Monday-Wednesday format um, because of all the news that's been going on with free agency. We'll see about that. Um, Definitely, I'll talk with my program program director. Um, Thanks for everybody who listened uh on uh today's episode of the blitz on 91.3 fm wbny uh this has been the blitz on 91.3 fm wbny buffalo's original alternative station since 1982 brought to you by the buffalo state student activity fee um you seem like you're about to say something evan oh i wanted to say good night everyone thanks for tuning in yeah we'll catch you next monday Big episode. we got KDV coming on. I'm sure we'll have a lot more NFL and other sports news to talk about, so I can't wait. Go Jack Eichel. <laughs> Ugh, I don't want to talk about Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel. Eichel's the best Sabres player in the last 10 years. I can agree with that. But, all right. Good night, guys. <laughs>